This episode is brought to you by Veridesk. Veridesk makes office furniture simple. Seriously. Everyone probably knows their height adjustable stand-up desk. I use it every day in my video production business. It was really the first step to create a happier, healthier me because I was sitting all the time, losing circulation, and standing up just feels a lot healthier. Today, Veridesk has a full line of furniture and accessories for the office or the classroom, and they make it easy to order, assemble, and change around as you need it. You really got to check them out. Just go to veridesk.com forward slash behind the brand and take a look. You know, a lot of people who watch the show, they're entrepreneurs and you know, they're in the struggle. Uh, is it easier today, you know, with all of your success and all of your experience to start something now? Or was it easier to start something back when you had nothing because you had like a shorter distance to fall? Mm. It's always easier to start when you have nothing because you have nowhere to fall. You have nothing to lose and nothing but to go up, right? So if you're poor, it's easier to start. You have no expectation. You have no domineering parents who are uh, asking you to be somebody. Uh, you're not measuring up to the dad who's successful. So if you're a poor kid, you have a huge advantage. The hard part is coming up with the cash. But if you could beg, borrow, or steal the cash to get some kind of traction, something going when you're young, it's the best time to start. So, so what's the hard, hardest part of being you right now? Uh, well, it's not so hard anymore. Let's look at the list. I have two beautiful children, a husband that drives me nuts, but I've learned to live with him. I have beautiful homes. I have all the money that I could ever spend. I have my health. I have my siblings, and I have my friends. Now, what's wrong with that? Nothing, but you know, there my life is perfect. <laughs> no, not really. I work too damn hard and don't have enough private time. Yeah, so let's talk about work-life balance for a second. So, mm -hmm. so how do you manage that? If, if the most difficult thing about being you yeah. is the time management, give us some tips, you know, because every, I think we're all in the same boat, relatively speaking. Everybody is. It's not enough time. There's too much to do, and you could occupy yourself 24-7 if you care to. Um, I have no work-life balance, but lucky for me, I gave up on it about 10 years ago. Here's how I look at it now. All I can do is separate my personal life from my business life, and I do that very well. And I do it in a very simple fashion. I don't take any calls, including for my kids at work. If they're dying, they can call, and they'll get my secretary first. Now, that might sound cold, but when I'm at work, I'm hyper-focused on work. But when I get home at 6.30 at night, and I try to be home most nights with my kids, I take my cell phone, leave it in the hallway, because I live in an apartment building in New York City, and I don't look at that cell phone until I walk out at 7 the next morning. And you know what I do? I separate. When I'm with my kids, I'm 150%. When I'm with my work, I'm 150%. And that kind of gets rid of the guilt. There's two departments in my life. And I'm able to do both much better than trying to blend it like I used to in the old days. I love that advice. Um, Ariana Huffington wrote this book. Um, I read that book. You know, yes, yes. Her, her book on sleep. How much sleep do you get a night? Uh, probably six hours or so. But you know, I've learned in the last five years of my life, I don't need a lot of sleep. I used to think I did, like, oh, under eight hours. That created enough stress. Yeah. Now, oh, I got six hours. I'm fine. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, so the average human needs, you know, seven to eight hours. And say, but I think people vary because I really function very well with a lot less sleep. Yeah, 100%. And Ariana listed in her book, too, that there's this you know, group of, uh, you know, exceptions that they need less sleep. So. Oh, I, I skipped that chapter. <laughs> I skimmed the books, you know. <laughs> Do you have a regimen? 
Um, I have a very simple regimen. I get up, I have a 10-year-old at home, a 22-year-old who just moved out. But what I do is I get up at 6, I start making breakfast, pack her lunch, wake her up at 6.30, make sure she's bathed, her teeth are brushed, and she's ready for school. And then the minute she goes out the door, which is exactly at 7.10, I have a trainer come in three days a week. I know it seems extravagant, but she'd be the last person I'd give up in my life. And I hit the mat for a full hour, three days a week. And on the days I don't have the trainer, I get out in Central Park and I ride my bike around the loop twice. That's it. That's my life. Yeah. My morning. Did you ask morning routine? Yeah. No, yeah, measurement. yeah. That seems to be a common thread with all successful people. It's like the first thing they do is some sort of physical fitness. You know, there's a obviously scientific correlation between healthy mind, healthy body, that kind of thing. Well, let me tell you something. You could either have a shrink or you could be active with exercise. And it's a lot cheaper to have a trainer than it is to have a shrink. The women that I know, the men that I know that don't do exercise in the morning, don't start their day in a physical way, usually all have shrinks. And they're spending so much more money. So I'm a little bit of a cheapskate. I kind of like my own space, getting rid of my anger management problems, my anxieties right on the mat or on the bike, and then it's over with, and I feel very happy for the rest of the day. I mean, being an entrepreneur is, I mean, I don't know what the percentage is. In my life, it feels 90% mental, you know? Um, what do you think gets people stuck? As an entrepreneur? Yeah, you know, like, they, being an entrepreneur now is, is sexy, right? Like, mm -hmm. it didn't used to be when mm -hmm. I started, and um, it took me a long time to come to terms with the fact mm -hmm. that I am an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. um, for a long you time. don't sound convinced. Well, for a long time, I felt, you know, misunderstood, ah. right? Because this, you know, this whole entrepreneur thing and, and mm -hmm. Shark Tank has really helped, you know, bring mm -hmm. this to the public spotlight where it's become acceptable, Yes. which is an amazing thing mm -hmm. for us, right? Anyways, yes. Uh, but so, what gets an entrepreneur stuck? Yeah, One thing, the major stuck point of every entrepreneur that has failed in business is the uh, taking of a rejection or a hard bump personally personally and internalizing it. Like, what did I do? Oh my gosh, I should have blah, 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 da, 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 da. This self-talk in the head that starts spinning you down. Yeah. Most people think it's about the competition on the outside. I have not witnessed that. Everybody's got competition on the outside. What defeats people in business, absolutely, is the self-talk that's going on in the brain. And I know, because I suffered from that for the first five or six years in business, because what people do is when they're insecure, when they take a hard hit, they go back to their worst self. And the worst self I always went back to was me in school not being able to read and kids making fun of me and so there I was in business with a big bully like a Donald Trump or somebody else bullying on me and I'd sit there and go oh my god why am I here I shouldn't have come oh my god I, I, I don't know oh what I shouldn't do what was I doing that for I was still that little kid in the classroom losing confidence until I got this new tape in my head that goes very different. Oh yeah, well F you. I'll show you, you buddy boy. You just move the hell over from me. <laughs> and like my tape kicks in. But I have found that with all my entrepreneurs. It's the self-talk that destroys, not the competition on the outside. If you could get over your own self-talk, you really could slay just about every dragon because it gets you a pissing man, gets you back up and gets you fighting and gets you to the door. That's it. I mean, we were just sitting back, you know, <laughs> chopping it up, reminiscing about the good old days and all that, <laughs> you know, tracking my roots, where I came from and where I'm going. But like I say, man, always said it, it's not about the destination, nope. 
it's all about the journey Ain't nothing changed but the weather the dangling carrot it hang from the rear view uh-huh. Your dreams in the past ain't nowhere near you Backseat drivers got nothing but two cents Shotgun riders too biased, they all liars